I am so excited to be here because you are family. You are family. J.O. Uh, was one of those father figures that I looked up to as a teenager when I met him. Actually, was 19 years old. And um, he was, uh, you know, was still in his bodybuilding days. So he looked really buff and ripped and had the beautifully shaved head. And uh, he probably, just so you know, he could probably grow hair if he wanted to. J.O. could. So, no, he, if he wanted to, it would be long and luscious. <laughs> But he, he chooses to just keep it manly, right? He's just, he is all man. And um, you guys are two of the classiest people I know, for reals, right? And um, I want to do something. I just, in between services, I found this on my phone. I want to just to prove to you that I'm family, in case you're thinking we're lying. I found this photo of Seth and I. Look at that. Look at that. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on now. I think, I think Seth was probably 14 in that photo. And you see what he did there? You see what he did there? He took the hair here and he put it here. That is genius, bro. Genius. Man. Somebody say it's going to be a good day in church. I want to talk to you this morning uh, from the subject title of Stuck in the Why. Stuck in the Why. Uh, You see, the older I get and the more people that I meet with as a pastor, I find myself meeting with people that are stuck in the whys of their lives. There's this theme that I continually see, and it's tragic to me to think about the fact that moments in our lives can affect the entire trajectory of our future. Things that should have happened, that should not have happened, things that we wanted to happen and they didn't happen the way that we wanted them to, moments in time where something wrong happened to us, it, it, it hurts and it's valid and it's there and it exists and then we get stuck. We're on the course of this journey in life and we hit some bumps and it hurts and it's hard and, and, and we're stuck in I just, I hate the fact, it hurts so bad when I talk to somebody who's so frozen in their own life because they can't get over one day, one moment, one broken relationship, one hurt, one pain. And if we're being honest with ourselves this morning, we're all subject to that at some level. If we were to go around this room and have a conversation about the whys in our lives, Many of us have reasons and have stories and have things that if we step back and we're self-reflective enough to be aware of it, we could see that there's some things in my life that are keeping me from my future. And I want to challenge you this morning to move from the why to the what's next. Come on. So look at somebody next to you and say, you got to move to the next. Come on. You see, as a teenager, um, 
I had a lot of hard things happen in my life. I had a lot of whys in my life. When I was 12 years old, my father had been going through some stuff, and, um, and he just told me one day, he said, hey, uh, I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks. And that couple weeks turned into a couple years. And I went through the majority of my teen years um, with a father who had abandoned the church that I knew, the disciplines that I knew, the principles that I learned to live by, all the things that I was taught. He, he had walked away from that. And so much of the reason that he walked away was because of the whys in his life. He couldn't cope. He couldn't come to grips with certain things that were in his heart, dreams in his heart. Things that he felt should be happening. Things that, that he wanted to see take place. And all of a sudden he found himself in this bitter, hurt, offended place. Where all he was doing was self-loathing in the stuck, in the whys of his life. And he took all of that and he just left. It was a... Uh, it was about eight years ago that he came back to the Lord. And three years ago, this last September, he passed away leukemia. What was so inspiring about my father's life is that something had happened to him at 57 years old. And that was that he encountered the love of Jesus in the most real way that he had never done before grew up in a church was in leadership at a church but he never had experienced and encountered the love of Jesus in such such a deep significant way and it changed his life it transformed who he was we could not stop my dad from preaching the gospel everywhere he went <laughs> loving on people everywhere that he would go it transformed him. It moved him from the wise to the what's next. And then God began to put purpose behind him. And it changed every day of his life that he was alive. Until the day that he died. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But I want to give you some principles, if you will. Some things that I feel I've learned from my father's journey. From my journey. That the Holy Spirit's given me that I believe are going to help some of you get from the why to the what's next this morning. Can you say amen? amen? The first thing is this. Prevention could be the preparation that you need. That mountain that you're facing right now. That thing that you're trying to get breakthrough on. That, God, why does it not just happen in my timing the way that I want it to happen? The, 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 the way that I think it should roll out. Maybe that prevention, maybe that hardship is actually what you need to prepare for what God has for you. We see in Matthew 8.18... It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Many of you are familiar with the scriptures that come after this. About the storm that the disciples were in when they cried out to Jesus and he calms the storm. It dawned on me recently, wow, Jesus sent them into the storm. 
Like, how suckered are you in that situation? We like to talk about the storm and that Jesus calmed the storm, but we never read about the fact and talk about the fact that Jesus actually sent them into the storm. You see, Jesus knew that he was with them. Jesus knew he would never abandon them. Jesus knew exactly what was going on, but he also knew that that storm would give them the strength to persevere. He also knew that when they got to the other side of the lake, the experience that they had gone was going to write them a new story. And some of you are here this morning, and I just need you to understand this, that there's one thing that you get right now. It's that this, is that your story is not over. Your story is, is still being written. If your book is a life, then, then some of you just need to turn the page of where you're at. Some of you are feeling stuck on this page. You need to understand that, there's, that, that the story's not done. The journey's not over. There is victory in your life. There is promises that God has over your life. Some of you just need to see adversity as an opportunity. An opportunity to grow some muscles you didn't know you had. J.O. doesn't look how he looks just because he doesn't go to the gym. He works those muscles. In Jesus' name. If you're taking notes today, write this down. Promises have a purpose. Promises have a purpose. They are an invitation to your future. But see, we have to accept the invitation for us to see that promise fulfilled or all it is is just a promise. I, um, I was invited... Um, from one of my best friends. His name was Seth. He used to work for uh, Verizon. And Verizon takes their top 1% of the sales force every year to what they call President's Club. And they take them on a extravagant trip. I'm about to tell you about some of the best days of my life. My friend Seth called me and he said, hey, you're going to Switzerland with me. I said, Okay. What's going on? He tells me, I made the top 1%. My wife's seven months pregnant. You're up. <laughs> so, of course, I was like, yes, I'm in. Switzerland. Let's do this. So they take all my information down. About a week before the trip, I get a knock on my front door. Answer the door. It's some carrier's courier service, and they, they want to deliver a, a brand new Samsonite carry-on case, compliments of Ryzen's President's Club, so that I can pack my stuff up. I'm like, touche, you know? Like. So I go on this trip, get to the airport, first class. <laughs> you know, like, you don't understand, like, what you're missing out on. Until <laughs> you go first class. I'm talking, like, real forks, real knives. Lobster, salmon, it's just all there, you know, and it's, and you don't even have to do anything for it. You just sit there and 
you know, and it just comes to you. It's, it's incredible. I'm used to flying Southwest where everyone's first class. Pick my own seat. <laughs> so we get on the plane. We fly to the Swiss Alps. We get to this luxurious hotel. I get to my room. Waiting for me on a hanger is a brand new Columbia Sportswear ski jacket with my name on it. Compliments of President's Club. Snowboard boots and a snowboard perfectly sized for me. Because I'm not that tall. Guys, it was the greatest day of my life. The next day we get up and said, what do you want to do today, Mr. Williams? Said, well, what are my options? Said, well, would you like to go hella skiing today? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you know, hella skiing where we take you in a helicopter up to the top of the Swiss Alps and drop you off so you can get the fresh powder. <laughs> I think I'll have that. We get back from a hard day of hell skiing. <laughs> and every night in our room was a new gift waiting for us. The first night was a Swiss Army watch. Second night was a Swiss Army knife. Third night was like a $150 box of chocolates, Swiss chocolates. Guys, it was the best day of my life. I have five daughters. best day of my life. <laughs> but I think back to that trip and I think about what if I didn't accept that invitation? If I didn't accept that invitation and I didn't move forward with that invitation, I would be standing here right now telling you about this amazing trip to Switzerland that I almost went on. This opportunity of a lifetime that I almost had. I'd be showing you pictures of the Swiss Alps from Google Images saying, I almost went here. And I almost did this. How many of us in our own lives have a promise of God over our life? An invitation from him. And we're doing nothing with it. So many of us. Our, we've got a golden ticket in our back pocket. We've got this opportunity of a lifetime called the promise of God, the purposes of God on your life. And all he asks you to do is just pick it up and accept the invitation. And so many of you are here in this room, if we're being really honest, and we're going, I know that there's an invitation. I know that I've got a golden ticket. But the reality is, is that these things happen to me, and these things hurt, and I don't understand these. And we can't get over the whys in our lives of the things that didn't work out the way that we wanted them to. And it's keeping us from this promise that has so much purpose and so much fulfillment if we would just grab a hold of it and say yes. We've got to move from the why's to the what's next. Things happen. Things hurt. You know where the enemy wants to keep you? Right in that pain. I'm here to tell you this morning that God so desires to move in your life. He so loves you 
He has so many things that he wants to do with you. He just wants you to say yes. He just wants you to say yes. I feel like one of the greatest things that he's shown me this last year is, is, is this, that he wants to be a familiar voice. What, what does that mean? I, I, I feel like so many of us, we need to move from a place of visitation to a place of revelation. Like, 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 don't get me wrong, like visitation of his presence is an amazing thing. We come in here this morning and we worship and he's here. We, we had a visitation of his presence this morning during worship. I could feel it. Watching the baptisms, like, like there is a visitation, but, but here's the thing. Here's the difference. A visitation is something that comes and then, and then, and then it stays here when we leave. And the problem is, is that when we're just moving from one visitation to another visitation, his voice never becomes familiar. When we have a revelation of who Jesus is, of who his love is, and how he sees our lives, then we come into this place and we're going to encounter his presence, but it's going to be in, in, a, in a community way. But, but the truth is, is that, man, we've just had a revelation, so we've been encountering his presence all week long. We're just intertwining him in our lives. He just becomes a part of everything that we are. It's a revelation. Imagine that we could come together on a Sunday and and, and, and all of us come not emptied and needing to be full or filled up with a visitation of his presence, but full of his presence. What would that look like? What would that do to this city? If a bunch of us just got so jacked up on fire for Jesus because we have a revelation and his voice is so familiar that everything, everywhere we go, all we can do is hear it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. Chris talked about last night, if you were here, he talked about his amazing word. He says, we're hundred percent Christians. hundred percent of the time. When you're, I, I told the young adults uh, this weekend, um, I can always tell where somebody's at in their walk by just asking them to pray. Like the people who aren't as familiar with his voice, it's, it's kind of humorous to me because I'll, I'll ask them to pray. This is probably rude. I probably shouldn't say, tell you this. This is a little secret. But like when you ask somebody to pray that's not really familiar with his voice, but they want to be. And they want you to see how spiritual they can be. Their prayers are amazing. They, they use more names for Jesus than I ever knew existed. I mean, it's like, oh, Abba, Father, God of mercy and the Lamb of life. The God of Abraham, Jacob. Oh, Jesus, Abba, Abba, Abba. I'm like, you haven't even prayed yet. Like, where are you? Like, who, like... Like, they got all the names down. That's great. And then, and then, like, somewhere in there. Like, the people who are familiar with his voice, normally when I ask them to pray, it's like this. Jesus, help. <laughs> Jesus, we need you. Jesus, I, I can't do this without you. God, I just need your presence in my life. Why? Because it's a familiar voice. I don't talk to J.O. weird because I know him. You know who talks weird to people? People who don't know people. Yeah. 
It's called telemarketing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like people that don't know you talk weird. It's like, hey, I'm Cody. How are you? Great to meet you. I'm like, who talks like that? Like, I'm sorry, y'all, and I love you. And if you pray and you know every name that we have for Jesus, I love that. That's great. But you need to know him more than about him. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just, I just want him to be a familiar voice in my life. I want to talk to him like I would somebody I'm close with. Man, I just feel like that's the, the cry of some of your hearts as I'm saying that. I say, God, I just want to, I just want to have you be a familiar voice. I just, I just want to know your voice. Jesus just, he wants to interact with you at that level. He wants to just talk with you. He just, he wants to just speak to you. He wants you to just talk to him. He just, he just wants to be in relationship. The last thing I want to encourage you, if you're struggling from being stuck in the why to moving to the what's next, is this. When you don't know what to do, when you don't have the answers, find yourself in praise and thankfulness. Praise and thankfulness is the key to crossing over from the barren place to the fruitful place in your life. Praise. When you don't have the answers, when you don't understand it, you lift your hands and you say, Jesus, it doesn't make sense to me, but Lord, I trust you and I'm going to praise myself through this. And he will meet you every single time. I've got some more notes here, but honestly, I, I want to move forward because I really believe that God wants to do some, some, minist some ministering here. I told you that my father came back to the Lord when he was 57. When he was 62, he passed away. And that season where he was fighting, he was battling leukemia, went through three chemo treatments, went through a bone marrow transplant. I lived in California, but I would fly up as much as I could. I probably spent two out of seven months in Portland. And uh, they had sent him home in July, oh, a little over three years ago. They said, hey, you're cancer free. And um, he was learning how to recover and get strength again and get back on his feet. He was thinking about all of the things that he was going to do. He was really excited about that and about a month later, he woke up with a tumor on his eye. Went into the doctor, got some tests, and that's when they discovered the results. And uh, the doctor came in, and the doctor said, Mark, the cancer's back, and there's nothing we can do at this point. We've done everything that we know how to do. He said, truthfully, you probably have about two or three weeks left to live. In that moment, I was down in California, and 
because I was down there, my sister would record all of the meetings with the doctors so that I could hear the reports and the updates. Because when we started the process, we didn't record them and my dad wouldn't remember anything that they said to him. So we're like trying to help my dad. We didn't know how. And, and so we started recording all of the doctor visits. When he'd, a doctor would come in, anybody that was there just knew, take out your phone and hit record. And then my sister would send me the recording of saying, here's the latest update. So I found out that my father had two to three weeks left to live because my sister sent me this audio. And um, I want to show you a video today of the audio that was captured when the doctor said, you have two to three weeks left to live. Because I want you to see my father's response in that moment. It's not a sermon. It's not an interview. It's not a, hey, tell us how you're feeling right now. It's a, hey, Mark, you have two to three weeks left to live. I'm sorry. And right in that moment, right at that very moment, my father responded. And we happened to catch, catch, capture that audio. And I want to play that for you today. Can we do that right now? Think right now is uh, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You know, mm -hmm. God doesn't dish out cancer, and I wanted to only willing to accept that, not willing to accept uh, any kind of attack or something. But so it's just me. Mm -hmm. It's just the. You know, believing, believing God's word, because you know, God says to ask and to seek and to believe Him for for miracles and for healing. Well, I guess He did. Yeah. I like I'm chasing rainbows. You know. So that that will be my attitude from here throughout. Mm -hmm. Will be one of faith. be one of uh, courage. Yeah. You, know, I you know, you know, you never know the future. So, you know, whatever, whatever's in the, whatever's in the, in the mix, I, I, I'll do it. I'll go through it. Yeah. God, God will bring me through either way, no matter how, how or what, you'll give me peace, you'll give me strength, because the Bible says, death, where is your sting, where is your sting, so to the believer there is no sting, to the believer it's just a, it's just a, you go from one kingdom, which is the earth, to another kingdom, which is heaven. Which is to be with the Father. And that's just a step. It's like walking in the closet with a little rope. 
It's how the Bible is made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Word of God. Just, you know, I just um, wholeheartedly still believe, and I do believe. I still believe God for healing, and miracles, and wondrous works. And, and I, you know, I just, you know, believe my family. Oh, it's just have fun to the end. Will you stand with me this morning? You see, when you understand the depth of his love for you, when he is a familiar voice in your life, it gives the ability to respond the way my father did when he was given that news. some of you here today and you're you've been stuck in the why for so long that you even forgot that you're even stuck in the why it's become so familiar to you that it's just a crutch that you walk with it's the thing that keeps you from doing the things that are really in your heart it's the things that keep you from really believing the promises of God over your life I don't care if you're 18 or you're 82 in this room. God has a purpose for your life. He's got a promise for your life. He's given you an invitation to accept this promise. And it's a promise that's so full of life and purpose and fulfillment and passion. It's a life that's full of so much hope, so much joy. So much love. And today I just want to ask you, I want to beg you, I want to plead with you. Don't miss another moment. Don't be stuck for another day. Don't live your life outside of that invitation. Don't live your life outside of that promise. Grab a hold of the purpose, even when you don't understand it, when you don't know what it is. Grab a hold of his truth, of his promise, of the faith that he wants you to have because he loves you so much.
watch your life change. You know what I love about my dad's story is that at 57, it was never too late. At 57, he could jump right back in and God's redemption and his love was so strong and so thick that he got to walk right into it and say, Jesus, all I know is that I lost some days, but I'm not going to lose another. Raise your hand right now. Hands all over the room. Come on, let's just be honest and transparent. If we can't be honest and transparent here in the house of God, where else can we be? This is a safe place. I want to ask the prayer team to come up right now. I believe that God wants to minister to you right now. Keep your hand up right now. Keep your hand up. If that's you, keep your hand up high. Come on. God knew you were going to be here today. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew exactly what you needed to hear. And I want to ask you right now, if your hand's in the air, I want you to step out of your seat and come forward right now. Come on, God wants to speak through this team this morning. There's some ministry that's about to happen. There's some breakthrough that you're going to get in your life that you have been praying for, believing for, waiting for, for so long. here in a second, but I actually want to go back into this song right now as we begin to pray, because here's the thing. Maybe you're here and you don't even fully understand what's going on, where you're at. You're kind of stuck in that why confusion, but I really believe that there's going to be breakthrough as we praise. Some of you, your answer this 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 afternoon is, 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 is praise. Come on, will you lift your hands in the air with me right now, just this posture of surrender? Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, 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 I choose you. I choose praise. Even when I don't understand, even when I don't have the answers, Jesus, I will praise you today. I put my trust in you today. God, you are the breakthrough that I need. God, you are all that I need. Come on, let's praise him this morning.